Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for the hit CW series, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Gorilla Grodd. I mean, I mean, Bell. I'm Bell. <laughs> That's where you went. We saw that you got busted out of the uh, the cage. It's, it's glad to know that you're here, Grodd. Now, normally, Bell is here. Uh, actually, it's probably best since this is our, our first official episode of this new series uh, for us to do it right. So, Mr. Matthew Bell, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited. You know, uh, we're recording this the day after the, the live premiere went out. And uh, I'm really excited, dude. I'm jazzed to be talking about this. And not only that, I'm jazzed because this is us back in the studio after our epic adventure in Austin, man. That was great. Yes, yes. That was quite quite a fun little trip. Uh, I'm really glad you got to come down. Uh, brief as it was, I still felt we had a, a pretty good little exposure to Austin for you. Yeah, absolutely. We want to thank, uh, send some special thanks to uh, the Mr. Weather Wizard himself, Chad Rook, who took really great care of us. I uh, got a chance to hang out with him, and uh, and he even hooked us up with some prizes for you guys. So stick around, because later this episode, we've got some prizes. You can find out how you're going to be able to get some autographed swag uh, from us to you. Uh, so check that out. Stick around with us. You'll you'll hear about that later in the program. But uh, man, before we jump into our recap, want to let you know that we are brought to you by The Brogues. It is a web series that you can find at thebrogues.com. Really, really awesome stuff. It's a look at the life of three supervillains who have traded in their supervillainous ways for a life of mediocrity and uh, <laughs> and all the antics that come along with that. So check it out, thebrogues.com. The Rundown. All right, man. Season one, episode one, pilot. Man, this was directed by David Nutter. And of course, the story, as we all are well aware, is brought to us by Greg Berlinti and Andrew Kreisenberg and Jeff Johns. Uh, Man, the Flash debuted to 4.5 million viewers. Let's talk about what happened this episode. Yeah, well, first off, that was the biggest debut in CW history. Is that right? Yeah. I'll believe it. Is the, the biggest uh, premiere. Uh, but yeah, let, let's let's get into the episode here. So we have Barry Allen, a, a forensic crime scene assistant for Central City Police Department, is struck by lightning during a storm that is created after a particle accelerator from Star Labs explodes. In a coma for nine months, Barry awakens in Star Labs, having been placed in the care of, of his scientist idol, Dr. Harrison Wells, or as we like to call him, H.G. Wells, Wells. <laughs> <laughs> along with his assistants, Dr. Caitlin Snow and Cisco Ramon. Uh, Barry quickly learns that he can move at extraordinary speeds and that there were other metahumans created from the explosion. One of them, Clyde Martin, is robbing banks and murdering people in the city with his ability to control the weather. In order to stop Clyde, Barry is outfitted with a suit that can withstand his high-speed movements. He tracks down Martin, and with the help of Detective West, who learns Barry's abilities, he's able to stop him. With his new powers, Barry vows to, to his father to find out who killed his mother when he was a child, believing him to be another metahuman with similar abilities of speed as his. Elsewhere, in a secret room at Star Labs, Wells reveals he is not paraplegic. While reading a newspe- 
newspaper from 10 years in the future concerning the fate of Barry Allen's Flash. Interesting. Dun, dun, dun. We totally called it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny, though, is they didn't include... I, I, I want to say that was probably the uh, uh, some of that, you know, three minutes of extra footage they were talking about. It's possible. You know, I, I think from what I've seen on Twitter... Uh, most people are saying the additional footage is kind of in quotations that it was actually the montage that we got afterwards um, and that this was actually in the uh, the leaked pilot that came out several months ago. In fact, you know, uh, last week during our live call-in show, we mentioned that there was an image that had made its way on the Internet and it was specifically of that newspaper. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I stand corrected then. I was assuming that that would be something like a, a reveal like that would be something they'd want to keep, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, close I think, to the I, chest, right? <laughs> I think in all fairness, the pilot was something they wanted to keep close to the chest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Well, man. So we had a great time uh, live tweeting it, seeing, uh, seeing what everybody was saying at the time. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm just right out the bat. We first get a chance to, uh, to see Barry Allen in, you know, at work as a detective, you know, Everybody knows that Barry Allen's the Flash. Everybody knows the Flash is a speedster. But I don't think the common man on the street would know that Barry Allen is quite the detective. I mean, you know, almost Batman level, at least to the extent where Batman respects Barry Allen and his detective skills. And so to see that at work in a very Sherlock-esque or Sherlockian way. How awesome was that? The Sherlockiness, yeah, it almost kind of kind of sounds like I'm saying Sherlockiness, but that's not what it is. But yeah, that that was really cool to see. You know, it's that sort of you get to kind of uh, see his analytical mind at work. Yeah. I always like how they did that in uh, in Sherlock, and I really like the fact that they're bringing something similar to Flash because you know it 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 shows us exactly like you're saying that, that not everybody knows that he's a great detective, but it shows us that, and it, and it shows his mind working and how brilliant he actually is. Yeah, man, and I really was not expecting that. I mean, even as a as a fan of Barry and a fan of the Flash. I I tend to put the fact that he's a detective kind of in the back burner. I mean, we know that, you know, he's not a necessarily detective by profession in, in kind of the most traditional sense. But, I mean, that is the way that his mind works. And, uh, man, it's, it's awesome. It's great to, uh, to see that in this kind of unique way. Uh, I got to ask you, man. So yeah. what did you think about the, uh, the Iris-Barry uh, love triangle that they're establishing here early on? So that was kind of interesting. Uh, I, from what I read about the the whole show, is like it's not really going to focus on the love triangle thing. I think I, yeah, I, I want to say every, they're trying to mute that down. Every show focuses on a love triangle. Yeah, I know, but it's just so done and tired. Oh, and... I'm with you, but I mean, I think that's that's you can't get away from that. I mean, it is. It, there's a reason why it becomes so formulaic. It's because it works, and because to some level, we all like to see that you know Betty, Veronica, Archie, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that, you know, since it's Eddie Thawne and uh, not just some other random dude. I hate him. I hate him, dude. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I really, I, of all the villains, and I mean, I go, I guess that's the thing. He's not currently, or he may never be a villain. We'll talk about that with speculation. Uh, but but I, I just really don't like this guy at all. I don't think you're supposed to. That's the point. I, I know. And so good. <laughs> Kudos on them for making me really dislike him. I'm sure Rick Cosman is a great guy, but I just, I really hate Eddie, uh, Eddie Thawne here. It's like Joffrey Baratheon, you know, the, <laughs> the actor that plays him, you know, walks down the street. And people are like, screw you, Joffrey. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, but <laughs> Detective yeah, you know, Pretty I, Boy might get uh, some of that in the future. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I'm hoping uh, that, that it's not just some sort of generic you know, overdone love triangle kind of thing. And that it, if, if, if it does happen and it's, you know, a big thing that it 
really impacts the plot. And, I, and I'm hoping since the fact that he is Eddie Thawne that it will have something to do because Thawne is a, you know, that name is a pivotal name in, in the Flash verse. Sure, sure. Say. There's implications there. But I, I'll tell you this too. I love Iris. I love the character. I love the actress. I really, I, I like kind of her personality and just her spunkiness and, and her chemistry with, with Barry is really, really great. Uh, but man, like, come on. I know we talked about this before, but she is totally like leading him on, right? <laughs> I just think she's oblivious. No, man. no, no. Ladies, ladies, help us out with this. You're not oblivious to that. If, if Barry was talking to you like that, you know that you would be subtly shutting him down. I, that's what Iris was doing. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, they grew up so close together that like that, that's that's that even more line. so, man, then she should know even more what's going on. Well, but that whole line where she's sitting there like, you know, it, it sounds almost as if she's about to say, you know, yeah, let's talk about a relationship between us. But instead, she's like, let's talk about you and relationships with other girls, because she sees herself as like a sisterly figure to him. OK. And yeah. so he's sitting there saying, like, oh, I want to talk to you about girls. And her first thought is, well, clearly he's not talking about me. We're like brother, sister. It's got to be somebody else that he's no, curious about. No, I'm sorry. I think the Iris character is, is too smart for that. And I think that she, if, if that's the case, then she's lying to herself. Because, you know, you and I, we've been there, man. We, we've, we've been that guy. We've been that guy. And you listening to this right now, you, you, you guys and gals, I mean, at some point, more than likely, you've been in that position. There's been somebody that you wanted to, you know, start a relationship that you were kind of in the friend zone and uh, and you just kind of perpetually kept, were kept there and just kind of tucked away. And and uh, and that's not cool, man. That's not cool at all. <laughs> come on, Iris. That's all I'm saying. Just come on, Iris. Just give him a shot. You know? <laughs> well, it's not even give him a shot, but at least, you know, at least acknowledge the fact that, you know, don't brush the fact that he has feelings for you under the rug. Maybe that's what it is. You know, if, she, if she wants to go and be, uh, you know, get coffee with Detective Pretty Boy, then that's fine on her. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, at least at least acknowledge the fact that Barry has feelings for you. Yes. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I can second that. All right. So so there's there's one, you know, that that establishes one kind of uh, uh, relationship, like I said, relationship triangle there. But I mean, we do see that Barry does have some chemistry with Caitlin. Or, yeah, I say that. I mean, she doesn't seem to she seems to kind of shut him down pretty quick, too. Oh, yeah. She gives him the cold shoulder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, I. I you know, I, I almost wish that we could include the relationship with Felicity in this episode so that we could see that, you know, in the time frame that we've known Barry Allen, he's not been shut down once, not twice, but three times. Yeah. Three times. And if you've watched the new episode of Arrow, spoilers, uh, Felicity is not waiting around for Barry. I'm just going to put it out there. She's not. So here's my question, though. the uh, With the Arrow season premiere, is it nine months later kind of thing that's going on as well? That's a good question. Like, how are they going to link these time frames back up? Uh, well, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it is nine months later because technically Barry was in a coma mid-season of season two of Arrow. Yeah. So then that season but, progressed, and then now we're back uh, back in line. Yeah, yeah. So and and even even during that time, one way or the other, I think it does sync up pretty well. I, I did watch. You know, I just kind of to pull the curtain back a bit. We were recording during uh, the season one. I'm sorry season three premiere of Arrow tonight. And so we'll catch that tomorrow on Hulu. I did watch the first couple of minutes just to see if there was any nod. And at least in the first half, I didn't see anything. So um, if there is, it must be kind of later on in the episode. Yeah. Okay. But speaking of Barry and uh, Arrow crossover, I know we're kind of jumping around, but 
Dude, that moment where Barry burns off his jacket and goes to Starling City. Yeah, that was really cool. Dude, that was awesome. What a that gr- was a good little speech there. Great little handoff. I mean, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful way to get the a running start to the series. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh you, you gotta have puns, man. <laughs> I know there's gonna be so many run puns, as I like to call them. Run puns. Uh, run puns. Yeah. I like them. That's good. That's good. What I love about that scene, aside from just kind of the brave and the bold mindset is that this is this universe's, at least at this point, and we'll talk about this later, this is this universe's world's finest. You know, for those of you who read the comics, you know that world's finest, the implication there is Batman and Superman. Those are the world's finest superheroes. Uh, And when they tag team together, it's in a book called World's Finest. In this universe, we don't currently have a Superman or a Batman. And in that vacuum that is being held in this universe... Barry is going to facilitate the Superman, the hopeful, iconic, metahuman, you know, uh, superpowered demigod that that is needed. And at the same time, we've seen Arrow facilitating that, you know, working in the streets, working in the shadows, being kind of uh, pushed to the brink of, of humanity's finest and fittest and, you know, being able to do what the average human being would not do, being able to be a symbol. And uh, instead of a bat, he's an arrow. But ultimately... These two people are the world's finest for their world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's a really interesting take uh, because, you know, it's it's everybody, like you said, everybody's always Batman, Superman, you know, world's finest, Batman, Superman. Right. And now we get this different interpretation with two different characters. And I'm excited to see where that's going to go. So you want to talk about Cisco? Yeah, let's talk about vibe. Man, I, I, I got a real stalker vibe from him. Well, so it's really interesting. So uh, Cisco... It, 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 you know what he gave off the vibe for me? Facebook the vibe. stalker. That's all I'm saying. What? Yeah. What? Do you, what? What vibe did he put off for you? The sidekick, man. Uh, no, no. I, I totally get a sidekick vibe from him. I I get kind of. I mean, he's got the fanboy. I think that's probably more of what it is. And I think that probably every single sidekick has a bit of fanboy in them, uh, at least at the beginning. And so I can see where that's possibly coming from. And and you know, I I, just, I don't know, man. He just. I, I, I liked the idea of Vibe and every single thing that I saw in the commercials, I was like, oh, dude, he's totally geeking out. He's going to be kind of the, you know, the voice of the fans in the show. And then when I kind of saw it in practice, I'm like, dude, he's Facebook stalking him. He's been tweaking on a like form fitting suit for him. Like, you no, know, no, 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 no. hold on, hold on. The, the, the suit wasn't designed for Barry. He made the suit for firefighters. Yeah. But then he said he's been working on it over the last couple of months. And wouldn't you happen to know it just happens to fit Barry? Well, sure, because he's got the guy sitting there. I, so guessing, yeah, so when you've got a guy sitting there, you like go up to him and get all of his measurements so that you can make a custom suit for him. Well, if 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 the if if I'm a scientist and I'm doing research on this guy and I realize that he can <laughs> move very very fast, yeah, sure, all maybe right. I'll do something like that. All right, all right. Well, what what about the Gaga man? What about the Facebook stalking? That's the that was just kind of like the first thing is, oh okay, all right, Facebook stalker vibe. That's cool. That's cool. Maybe I don't know. Well, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you might try to glean some information about somebody just by looking at their Facebook. I know. I'm 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 mostly kidding. I think that there's a, that that character being kind of the uh, Lucius Fox. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, he is going to be the Lucius Fox character, right? I mean, he's going to be the one that makes the toys. Uh, he's going to be equipping Barry with some different devices and gadgets and suits. And uh, and we, you know, the implication, of course, is that we're going to get a couple different suits. I like to refer to that first one that he was uh, testing out his running skills as the Mark One, and uh, <laughs> and the firefighter suit is the Mark Two. 
Yeah, and because uh, I, you know, I I caught this. I don't know if you saw it, but you know they had the face mask on the on the fire suit thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, he he as he's running to the barn, he pulls the face mask off. Yep, rips it so, off. So he actually wears it. I, I I didn't see that coming. Yeah, you know that's a good point. Neither did I, and um, I I wonder why he took it off because he there wasn't really a a real reason for him to either wear it in the first place or to take it off when he did. Yeah, because like you figure, especially when you're fighting a villain who can control, you know, atmospheric properties and things like that, it might be a good idea to wear some kind of respirator like that, you know? Yeah. When he when he does zoom in and saves the day right before he uh, pulls off the mask, he uh, grabs the the barnyard door and and throws it to the side. And uh, one of one of many great moments throughout this series or this uh, this pilot where Harrison Wells like basically says once the accelerator particle or particle accelerator goes off, uh, it will change our understanding of physics. And boy, he was not kidding because physics is just right out the window with the series. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so yes, yes and no. But I mean, you know, that's, that's, I'm surprised you're making that gripe and I didn't. No, honestly. this isn't a gripe. I think it's hilarious. I think it's great, man. He, uh, when, you know, he runs into the truck, like, and I was like, oh man, it's a good thing those bags are there. Of course, you know, physics being what it is, those bags shouldn't really mean anything. Yeah, they wouldn't do too much to stop him, considering, well, you know, it depends. Like, if he's going 200 miles an hour, he probably weighs, what, 145, 150 pounds. Sounds right. Going 200 miles an hour into the back of a van. <laughs> and then Ouch. the van just, like, stands there on top of that. It's just like, it's just there. Well, it, it shook a little bit. But, a, l- a little bit. That's right. <laughs> well, the, the the most egregious moment, though, was the uh, when he was doing the test running, and he was running as fast as he can, and then he runs into those barrels, and then he just stops at the barrels. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> if those were concrete, yes. But those were water barrels. He would need to run into a line of them, like, you know, 20 feet long. Right, right. Because <laughs> what what they clock him at? They clocked him at, like, over 200 miles an hour? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know. Oh, look, I'm, I think it's hilarious. Maybe maybe the speed force is giving him that kind of, um, you know, anti-lock brakes going on. Or, I, I, you know, I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, my, my guess here is that I'm guessing, like, when he lost that concentration, he kind of dropped his speed a little bit or something there. But that shouldn't matter, dude. I think I think it just goes with what Harrison Wells said. He said once the uh, particle accelerator goes off, our understanding of physics will never be the same. <laughs> Bam. Solve that problem. No Covered from now. episode I, one. I can't complain. Oh, yeah. I know. It's it's actually pretty brilliant, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, so let's talk about H.G. Wells, man. Oh, man. H.G. Wells. Like, I always knew there was something kind of sinister about him. Not necessarily sinister, but just something something different about him. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was it was weird and I, you know because like you watch him and he's he's just like so super curious and like why would they convince him to let them take Barry out of the hospital yeah and now that's a good quarantine? question yeah it's like a it's like a level four FEMA exclusion zone and they're like <laughs> yeah sure take him out of the hospital <laughs> well I think I think what it goes down to is that the fact that you know whatever's going on with them is so different from anything going on in the hospitals. And Star Labs is the only area or only kind of scientific research facility that has ever dealt with this kind of thing before. Um, and so I, I can kind of see that. But, yeah, there, there's a there's kind of like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll just take him. That's cool. That's cool. And, and I guess here's another question that's kind of related to Harrison Wells. I've always imagined Star Labs is like, you know, a big organization with a lot of people working for it. Are there only three people? Um, well, 
so so you got to remember, man, this is the ruins of Star Labs. No, right? no, I, I get that. I get that. But I'm saying they could only convince three people to like, continue to work there after all of that. Mm, my guess is, man, it's it's there's probably far more people involved with Star Labs. Uh, I, a couple things. One is I, I'm, I would guess that there are other laboratories, star laboratories around the world. And so that it's much bigger than just kind of this one location. And okay. even within that one location, this is probably a, an extension of Star Labs, like a, you know, a subdivision or a sub, um, you know, sub research unit. So from that standpoint, my guess is that this is just all that remains of that particular team. Gotcha. Yeah. I can accept that. Yeah. Um, but I do like their, I do like all their dynamics. And, and even, even though HG Wells is, you know, kind of so deliciously evil, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so deliciously ambiguous you know because it's not like you know because he, he sits there and he has that like inspiring emotional speech right but, but like several scenes earlier he's like you're you just got struck by lightning there's nothing special about you yeah yeah well that's the thing man like like back it up just a little bit he puts off that air of just likability and it's like this guy you know you kind of see this guy he has this kind of sense about him um, you know, he, he's, he's got all this awe because of what he's been able to accomplish in his career before it all literally blew up in his face. But, you know, there's just something about him that's just like, I like you, but I am pretty sure you're evil. You know what I mean? Well, like, even before that, he says anything that's evil-like, it just there's just something about him. Yeah, and, and the fact that he he's just doesn't seem surprised at all when Barry just blasts past you know when they're when they're at uh, oh, the yeah. air force base dude he, like not like every single thing that happened there is nothing that has surprised Harrison Wells the reveal at the end was not even surprising to me aside from the fact that I saw it online it would not have been surprising to me oh, is that is that what was spoiled for you that's what was spoiled for me yeah. see i saw that and i was like i i had no idea going in and I, of course, I had my inklings, right, because we've talked about this thing before, but I was thinking, like, most of my other theories that I've had about various things, <laughs> that one wasn't going to pan out, and I was like, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> time travel in some capacity, we don't know quite what, but time travel hasn't entered this universe, and uh, how fitting that H.G. Wells is, uh, is, is at the helm. Yeah, uh, but it's only 10 years in the future. Yeah, well, but yeah, the, that newspaper's from 10 years in the future. Yeah, I know, but like I was, I was expecting, uh, uh, well, because you know, reverse flash Eobard thons from like what the twenty third century or something. Yeah, and, and if uh, if Wells ends up being Eobard thon, then that doesn't necessarily mean he's not. Um, it just it just means that on his way back to the present or past for well, let's just call it present. On the way back to the present, he stopped 10 years earlier or in the future dad gummit time travel is complicated <laughs> <laughs> so there's an event that happens 10 years in the future that the newspaper says the flash was missing from maybe he came from far in the future back in the past to set up events that makes the flash fail to save the city in that event mentioned in the newspaper yeah so that that there's a lot man there's a lot of different theories and a lot of different thoughts there uh, of course, you know, you and I have been of the camp that Harrison Wells uh, it has some sort of tie to the reverse flash. Now, I'm starting to hear some rumors or not even rumors. This isn't rumors, speculation, some fan speculation that perhaps because everything's been so on the nose with him being, you know, with all these kind of evil things that he says and, and all of these, you know, all these potential hints that he could be uh, the reverse flash. Perhaps it's actually a bait and switch, and he ends up being an older version of Bart Allen. Ah, yeah. Now that's I. I don't know that I subscribe to that theory, but I have seen that on the uh, on the interwebs, and it's it's worth mentioning. Um, 
But no, man, I, 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 there's just something about him, dude. Like I said, likable, likeable, but you can totally see that that there's something going on behind the scenes there. Let me ask you about that that inspiring speech, the one that he gave prior, where he says you're just a guy that was struck by lightning. Did you see that as him venting some personal, you know, stuff, whatever it may be, or wherever it's coming from, or did you see that as one of those speeches where it's like, you know, tough love? It's what he needed to get going. Yeah. So when I originally saw it, I thought it was him just uh, looking at Barry as a means for himself to reclaim his glory. That's that's when I originally saw it. He's like, you're just the guy who got struck by lightning. Think so, of all the things that's, you know, inside your body that 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 we is what he says. But really, what I'm thinking is what I can use to uh, to rebuild my you know Star Labs empire my reputation, all this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so that's, he doesn't want him going out there because he doesn't want him killing himself. And then all of a sudden, all that potential research is lost. Yeah. Uh, I read something that was saying that perhaps he was saying it like you were saying as a way to make Barry make that decision on his own. He doesn't like, he didn't say it like he doesn't want to tell Barry to go be a hero. He wants Barry to make the decision on his own. Right. So he kind of like brings him down and says, you're just a guy who got struck by lightning so that he can come to that realization. No, I want to be a hero. I'm, I'm more than just a guy struck by lightning. I want to be this hero by his by himself. Gotcha. So you do see it as more of a tough love type speech. Well, when I read that article, yeah, I, I could see it more like that. That that makes more sense is, is, you know, he's trying to guide him as opposed to tell him what to do. I can see that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Initially, actually, I thought that it was a tough love speech, but the more I thought about it and actually going back and rewatching it, I've started to kind of change my viewpoint. I'm starting to think that maybe, you know, there are moments throughout where, um, you know, he's been revealing that he has got some pent up frustration towards Barry that given that they just met should not exist. Like there is something going on. Uh, and so I do think that I, I don't know that that was a tough love speech. I think that was actually him kind of losing it a little bit. Well, it could be because, you know, I, I'm sure his whole plan, assuming that he is reverse flash, revolves around Barry actually becoming the flash. Right. Because if Barry's never the flash, sure. then yeah. he doesn't exist. So to avoid a paradox in time, I'm sure, you know, he, he's giving him maybe maybe it was, you know, an outburst that he shouldn't have made. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to exist anymore if Barry doesn't become the flash so i need to support him and make him you know feel heroic and so that's what he does to kind of save face could be hey i gotta mention man one thing that i really liked with barry is whenever he's running and kind of pushing himself to a new new speed um he hits that mental block where he goes back to that memory of his mom and it kind of reminded me a little bit of wally how in the comics wally for the longest time could not reach his full potential because he had a mental block um, now, his mental block was more connected to, you know, the loss of Barry. And uh, and it would make sense that Barry would have something like that and with the loss of his mother. Um, I don't know. Did you catch that? Uh, the, the one thing I noticed when he's starting to run and break barriers was his eyes started to glow. With, yeah, like, that was cool. Energy. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I do see what you're talking about. It, it's definitely any time that he's running and he's pushing himself really hard. Maybe it's, maybe it's not just a, a, a virtue of him trying to go faster it's just something that comes into his head when he's trying to just do this period uh just run period i don't yeah. know but uh yeah that, that, that's an interesting an interesting take on it yeah all right yeah we'll we'll see what they do with it let's talk about our boy chad rook man we're, we're talking about weather wizard um you know 
comes on the scene in jumps in that plane in the midst of the explosion that plane burns up and i'm like that ain't gonna be an episode two <laughs> well the, the, the best part about that was is two seconds earlier he's like i gotta i gotta catch a plane i was like yes i love puns <laughs> they're so good and then he he actually does hop on a plane and I was yeah. like, yes the one thing so i actually i don't i don't want to jump too far ahead so no no, no we're, dude we're all over the place go for it okay fine so at the, at the end the fight happens. He just, you know, disrupts the tornado. Uh, the flash disrupts the tornado, and uh, Clyde's sitting there about to shoot him. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, Detective West saves his life, and we never see what happened to our boy Chad Rook. I gotta know. All right. So this is what I tweeted out late earlier today. I said, "Do you know what happens when a hurricane is shot twice? Absolutely <laughs> nothing." <laughs> Martin lives. Actually, we, you know, one way or the other, though, I mean, we do know that uh, the other Martin brother is definitely out there. Um, and we've never seen him. Well, we got a quick glimpse of him. And actually, I didn't know if he looked very similar to uh, to Clyde. So I don't know if there were twins. Wait, wait, wait. Or... Did, did we get a glimpse of him? Real quick, man. Real quick. He was uh, when when uh, Papa Joe is walking outside, he's got a picture. He's got two pictures of the Martin brothers. And uh, the one that is kind of more visible is the one of Clyde Martin. The other one, of course, being his brother, brother Mark. And we don't, I mean, it's just real quick. And just from the looks of it, I don't, I mean, it could have been another picture of Chad that they just kind of gave orange hair to or something like that. But, um, you know, like I said, could be twins. Or- I'm totally hoping for twins. That was my guess is that, okay, so if they killed Clyde in this episode, his brother's going to be a twin. Could be, could be. One way or the other, it's it. The other thing to think of too is that plane like totally exploded, burnt up in the atmosphere. Yeah, it kind of broke apart and then fell to the ground in, in a fiery ball of death. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm saying, if you can survive that, you can survive two to the chest. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and it didn't. It, it looked like one was in the upper shoulder, and then one maybe was on like the you know off. It definitely wasn't center mass. Yeah. You know, we're we're not we're not talking Mozambique drill, which is two center mass, one in the head, or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. One way or the other, man, we we will be seeing uh, we will be seeing Weather Wizard again, be it uh, be it Clyde, Mark, or who knows, maybe a tag team of the two. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh yeah, the Weather Wizards, <laughs> dude, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know there was that great line too where uh, they walk in and Clyde's standing there and uh, you know they're like what you know basically put your hands over your head or whatever they say to him. He's like you know I've just been thinking and I'm a god and they're like man shut up yeah like yeah yeah okay. shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great. It reminded me of Ghostbusters. Like when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. yes. And so it's like when someone tells you they're a god, you don't tell them to shut the hell up. <laughs> you probably yeah. should just go ahead and shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, especially once you hear that and then they make a tornado inside a barn. Yeah. All right. All right. My bad, dude. I'm just going to back out the barn. <laughs> like, do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're cool, man. You're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Get we're, your Zeus we're, on. We're cool, right. You know, we're. we're, we're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> absolutely actually that's the thing man it was kind of a zeus versus mercury if, if you kind of bring kind of the the god aspect into it i mean uh weather wizard being you know his power set and and uh in the flash his power set i mean this is kind of two you know mythological aspects coming together and, and combating one another one another it's pretty sweet yeah yeah i, I like that kind of uh approach there i'm hoping we see different you know classic quote unquote matchups i think that oh, could be yeah uh, something neat yeah with the rogues man we're definitely going to get that for sure oh yeah 
when uh you know the the one thing though you mentioned that they get out and Barry shuts down the tornado and Clyde goes for the gun and I'm thinking oh Clyde that's that's a that's a supervillain rookie mistake you don't you don't pull a gun when you've got the control like the 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 ability to call down like lightning you know what I mean <laughs> well then again though because just like Barry is kind of new to his powers exactly well, I don't yeah. know Al Clyde's had him for like nine months yeah he's he's gotten to the point where he's robbing banks. So one would imagine he's got a little bit more control over that, but uh, he, he but goes for the gun a couple times though. When he was in the car, he went for the gun too. You know, it's 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 uh, old habits die hard. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. In fact, that's just the name for the new uh, Die Hard film. <laughs> old habits die hard. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's great. Uh, so Clyde takes two in the chest or in the chest area, um, and uh, that's coming by way of Papa Joe, who definitely now knows that Barry is the Flash. Yeah, uh, you know, when you run at 700 miles an hour, it's pretty hard to keep anything on your face. (laughs) So his mask just sort of blows right off, and he's like, ah, you know what? At this point, who cares? (laughs) I'll let him know who I am. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, well, why wouldn't you, too? I mean, there's not – the reason he's wearing that suit is because of the, you know, the fact that it'll handle the speed, and I think that that mask gives him some protection because it kind of looks like a helmet. Yeah. Um, So he's not really – at this point embracing that superhero identity i think he's kind of in the process he has no reason to hide it from papa joe of course you know to him maybe in his naivety you know he's like i have no reason to hide this yeah and then he's like do not tell iris okay all right (laughs) we need to do a psa out there for all you dads with daughters who have the potential and all right if you if you're a dad and you've got a daughter and you meet a guy who ends up being a superhero don't tell him to hide his identity from your daughter because you will die. That's how this works. If you tell the hero, don't tell my daughter, you're going to die early so that he's going to have to live with that secret for the rest of the life. And the promise that he does, it, it's like textbook, dude. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. It's one of those tropes that I don't think we'll ever be able to get away from. <laughs> Apparently not. But it has its place. Yeah, clearly it does. But yeah, no, so that's that's great. And then of course it sets up things there. Uh, because I do think that it had not Papa Joe said that, I mean, there'd be no reason for Barry not to tell Iris. They've got that kind of relationship. And to some extent, man, secret identities are kind of going the way of the dodo. I mean, for the most part. Um, I mean, they make sense kind of from a broader scale. You don't want your villains to know who you are and uh, you know, for the sake of, you know, being able to have a normal life, you don't want the public to know who you are, but there's not really a good reason to hide the fact that you are a superhero from, you know, your family, your spouse, your kids, whomever. Yeah. <laughs> and just as we talk about this, the only thing that pops into my head is that episode. Uh, I, I can't remember which series it's from, because I the, the thing that's popped in my head is just the images online of uh, Lex Luthor taking control of Flash's body, and he's like, well, at least I can find out who he is. <laughs> right. And he takes the mask off, and he's like, I have no idea who this yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Justice League Unlimited, that was one of the best. There we go, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you're just a no-name guy, why not tell your family? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, shoot, man, if uh, Bruce Wayne should just go ahead and tell his parent. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, Bruce Wayne should just go ahead and tell his wife. No, uh, Bruce Wayne has a kid. He told his kid. So there you go. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> and, then it, and then his kid died. Never mind. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> wait, they, they killed off Damian Wayne. Yeah, sorry. When, when was this? Was recently? I don't know. Brian Q. Miller was the one that actually told me. <laughs> so. Oh, well, there you go. It was while we were doing our bit for Gotham. 
um, he's like, he did, he like, he ended on a great line, which was stop worrying about Damian Wayne. And I laughed and I was like, what's up with Damian? He's like, he's dead. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's like, well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think at this point he's been dead for a while. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So we talked about Papa Joe. We talked about Iris. We talked about pretty boy. We talked about our boy, Chad Rook. We talked about, uh, Caitlin and stalker vibe. Oh, we got to talk about Papa Allen. Yes, that was that was some good TV right there. All right, so you know, there's aside from the fact that that scene is just really, really heart wrenching, emotional, where you know things are happening in this young boy's life that he cannot explain. Uh, in the midst of it, his father grabs him and tells him to run. Uh, and then when he comes, you know, when he finally comes to and he, he's out in the middle of nowhere and he comes home and he finds that his mother is dead and that his father's been blamed for the murder. And this is this is what makes this special, man. The fact of the matter is, despite what Barry says, he does not actually know, like, in his eyes, like, he never actually saw that his father did not kill his mother. He saw that a lot of crazy things happened, but he did not see that his father did not kill his mother. But yet, he knows his father so well, and he trusts him. And, you know, all the crazy stuff that was going on at the time is definitely a factor, but he still knows like he still says that he knows that his father didn't kill his mother. He trusts his father there. And that's that's crucial, man. That that's yeah. so much more emotional and so much bigger than just if he had seen someone else kill his mom. I mean that that speaks to the hope of a son who is hoping for the freedom of his father, man. This is it's it's a it's a crucial crucial moment in Barry's life and it's a huge relationship that that I got to say this I was not excited when they said that John Wesley Shipp was going to be playing Papa Allen. I really wanted him to be Jay Garrick. I did not want him to be Papa Allen. But, yeah. dude, now that I've seen this and kind of seen it in its full context, especially that final scene, hats off to John Wesley Shipp, man. Not not only is he a phenomenal actor, but I am so glad he's playing this role. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, first off, though, who lets an 11-year-old kid into a crime scene? Oh, and just lift up the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, that that's another testament to Barry Allen's hope is the fact that he can see this kind of stuff yeah, and still trust his dad and still not be like, you know, a crazy, emotionally wrecked person. Yeah. If you want to see what that looks like, go and uh, watch a couple episodes of Gotham and see what's going on with young Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see it's like young Barry Allen, young Bruce Wayne, like young Bruce Wayne's like trying to jump off buildings, set himself on fire. Listening and, like, to like death metal. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And young Barry Allen's just sitting there, like, you know, drawing, like, happy pictures and, like, you know. <laughs> just hopeful stuff, you know. They, they, same story. Well, not same story, but similar, like similar story. Writing dad in prison and be like, I'm, I'm going to find out what happened. And, you know, I love you, dad. And everything's great. And, you know. <laughs> and Bruce is like, I'm going to cut off my limbs until I can feel again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So, so tragic. Anyway. Uh, but dude, that that final scene where um, Barry gives that line that I'm so proud to be your son, dude, that choked me up. Yeah, that was. I mean, you know, again, just hats off to both Grant and especially John Wesley Shipp for selling that moment because it, you can tell that this, this series, this show has a heart, and man, it was on display right there. And I mean, I know that on top of that, you know, there's kind of this meta element of you know, one actor that portrayed the flash to another, but this is so much more than that. I mean, you can't let that awesome factor blind you to the fact that this is a really, really powerful scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and excellent performances by both Grant Gustin and John Wesley yeah. Shipp uh, in that, in that particular scene. It was just 
very, very well done. Very good writing, very good acting, extremely heartfelt. And they both just did an amazing job. Yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. So we end up, we've got uh, Barry running out into the traffic and saving somebody who's texting while biking. Come on, people, don't do that. So, so first off, <laughs> so I live in Austin, Texas. And uh. so, you know, <laughs> we have a lot of a lot of bicyclists here, and and most of them are, are upstanding citizens and obey the traffic laws how they should. But there's right. always those guys who are not in the bike lane, texting on their phone, cutting through intersections during red lights and stuff. Come on. <laughs> and that's all I could think about when I saw that scene. I was like, we need the Flash in Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, this is this is why it's great that Barry Allen's the Flash. I don't know that I would have saved him just on principle. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I might have, but I would have like stolen his phone from him or something like that, you know. Smashed it. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we you get know that. What's weird about that scene, though. Yeah. What's up? Reminded me a lot of the uh, Smallville episode that we watched uh, for uh, Flash TV Talk uh, season zero. Are you talking about which one? Because we looked at a couple with uh, with Bart in it. Uh, it was. I want to say the first one where they go down uh, downtown. Oh, yeah. When we first actually meet Bart Allen, he is pickpocketing uh, Papa Kent. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Clark saves somebody. Or no, Clark tries to save somebody from a similar incident of mm. getting hit by a car. Yeah, and it was the same type of deal where, you know, we're in kind of super speed mode and everything slowed down. Yeah. Uh, and we see uh, we see the Flash kind of step in there. But, yeah, I, I can I can see some similarities. Sure. Yeah, sort of, sort of reminded me of that, which I thought was, was I don't know if it was intentional, but uh, I thought it was neat. Well, I do think that when it comes to super speed, there's only so many ways that you can showcase it. Uh, but I, I, but that that being said, something tells me the series will find new ways every single uh, every single week, at least at first. So should be pretty cool. Oh yeah, and I'm looking forward to each new way they interpret it. <laughs> we got to talk about the newspaper. All right, let's do it. All right, we already mentioned the fact that it was 10 years from now. There's a new costume. In that, in that photo of Barry Allen, he is not wearing the Mark II. He is actually wearing a costume that is much more close to his uh, comic book, actually original comic book look with the, uh, the bright red, the uh, bright yellow symbol with the white on the interior. So that is definitely a new costume. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up the, uh, the issue here. Yeah, it looks a lot more skin tight. It looks a lot shinier, actually. And we know, let's be honest, it does look a lot photoshopped, but I mean, the implication is that this, you know, one way or the other, the Mark II will not be the only Flash costume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing that I had a question of mm -hmm. uh, was, so so there obviously there's the big one, and I'm not going to touch on that right now, but Red Skies Vanish, is that something that's significant? Oh my gosh, yes, this is huge. In fact, that actually ties into the fact that the Flash disappears. Um, the Red Skies is to comic book readers will recognize that as a nod to uh, Infinite Crisis. Wait, no, no, no. There's been so many crises. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, this is a storyline back in the day when DC had so many different storylines and, and properties, and they really kind of wanted to clear out their universe and kind of hit a restart button from kind of a branding and a marketing level. And rather than just kind of restart the universe, they actually told a apocalyptic story where all the various multi or all the various worlds of the multiverse were all being destroyed and kind of pulled in uh, to one another, which would ultimately birth into. Well, they're merging them down, right? Like Earth 2 was trying to merge everything down into itself and get rid of everybody but themselves. Exactly. And when it was said and done, Earth 2 was kind of the prevailing uh, prevailing world, the prevailing universe. And so yeah. a lot of different characters, even characters that didn't exist in DC, but were, you know, based on other characters that were acquired from DC comics, 
uh, they all ended up on the same Earth. Now, eventually, uh, you know, the multiverse returned and they, we found out that there were other universes still. But for all intents and purposes, when you see red skies, that means crisis. And when you see crisis, that means the multiverse is doing something. Uh, it's either splitting or coming together or something's happening with the multiverse. So this is pretty exciting. Um, it's It could be, uh, you know, if we want to put on the conspiracy theory hat, it could be an implication that in 10 years, uh, DC is preparing to, you know, pull a crisis and take their various multiverse properties and turn them into one, you know, cohesive Marvel-esque universe. Uh, but I think more than likely, I think it's just a cool, you know, cool plot point. As cool as that is, because I, I I missed the connection to uh, to Crisis on Infinite Earths, just because I, I saw the word crisis and I'm thinking, nah, that's not it. But you're saying Red Skies vanished, kind of. Oh, like, absolutely. I mean, okay. Both For some reason, those. I didn't. I, I I forgot about that bit, but I can't look into this too much, even still, because it, I, I I think this is more of a nod to comic book readers than it is anything else. It it could well, yes and no. I mean, I think that. I think that with most of the Easter eggs they put in this in this first pilot episode, they're not putting them in just for fun. I, I do think they want to pay these off eventually. And I think the fact that, I mean, man, this is that's the big thing is is that the Flash disappears ten years from now during the crisis. And so you know whatever it is that that H.G. Um, Wells is is really working towards, be it good or ill, uh, it, it's dude. This is a major. This is going to be the season, if not you know several season plot line for this character and for these characters. So you think, uh, do you think this is them laying out their, their intent? Cause like, you know, Smallville ran for 10 seasons. Do you think this is them saying, Hey, we're going to have this event in 2024 or are they going to like, you know, boost the timeline up? No. And that's just me. I was, I just said that as kind of a conspiracy theory, you know, put, put on your, your tinfoil hat. No, no, no. I think this is more of, this allows for them, if they wanted to, it's, it's, it does set up the ability to connect, uh, say, Constantine and Gotham and that sort of thing into one cohesive universe in kind of a big arching way. I don't think they're going to do that because I think it's too messy to be able to pull off. Um, I think it's just more of the fact that something is going to happen. Uh, there are going to be some kind of nod to the multiverse and that ultimately, if something doesn't change between now and whenever that does happen, the Flash will die saving the universe, which is, you know, spoilers, I suppose, for Crisis on Infinite Earth, but that's how Barry Allen dies. Yeah. So, if you'll notice, on the bottom left-hand side of that same newspaper, mm -hmm. it says, Wayne Tech Queen Incorporated Merger Complete. Well? Yes. Yes, Bell? Well, here, here's what we have. We have... DC people saying that we will not see Batman on TV. Well, they, I mean, we are, we are currently seeing Bruce Wayne on TV, but, but continue. Yeah. It will, the, the right. Bruce Wayne is not Batman. Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne. Batman is Batman. Sure. Sure. I don't think this means anything. Oh no, dude, you're, you, you got to take the position that it does mean something. I know that I'm supposed to, but I just can't. <laughs> no, I can't. I've been so outspoken against this that I, I, it's not plausible for me to be able to, for the sake of, I tell you what, man, for the sake of I'll, argument. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. How about that? Okay. So, clearly they mentioned Wayne Tech. Yes. That, is, that know, is clearly there. That is accurate. That is, that is yes. a truthful statement. Now, uh, has Wayne Tech ever been mentioned currently in Arrow? To my knowledge, no. Okay. So, if they're mentioning this here, then clearly Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne exists. No. Well, okay. All right. Keep, well, keep going. Well, okay. Keep going. Bruce keep Wayne going. exists in this universe. Maybe. 
Now mm. it could be the Waynes, like his parents. Maybe in this universe they never had kids. Maybe in this universe they were never killed. So there's no need for a Batman. Mm. So all right. So now you now you're kind of you're speaking my jazz right there. That's my well, theory. I, yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate here because like I, I think it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But now where the way this becomes extremely interesting to me is if this is in a universe where just like we had in Flashpoint where it's actually Bruce who dies and Thomas Wayne turns into the Batman. Oh, now that's interesting. Now, this could be something similar here. Now, we might not have Bruce so Wayne basically, as the Batman. So what you're saying is the like well, that that dude that's a whole other discussion. We should we should contemplate that sometime, but I I think that I think ultimately what what this means is is one of three things, right? Either this means that uh, you know, Wayne Tech being there means that, you know, the Wayne Enterprises exists in this universe. Uh, thus, Bruce Wayne exists in this universe. Thus, Batman must exist in this universe. That's one theory. Uh, the second is that Wayne Tech exists in this universe, which means that there is a family called the Waynes, and that they, you know, we could probably even assume that it's Martha and Thomas, and they've got a son, Bruce. That's fine, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that there's an, you know, that doesn't mean that Batman exists. Maybe Joe Chill never shot shot his parents. Uh, maybe they never had kids, but regardless, there's no necessary confirmation that just because we have Wayne Tech means we have Batman. That's the second theory. That's kind of the one that I subscribe to. Then there's the third theory, Bell. Consider okay. that with crisis, everything on this page has to deal with a crisis, and a crisis is a merging of universes. This is a little bit more out there, but what if this really just means that at the focal point, the <laughs> Queen Industries and Wayne Tech are merging? <laughs> What, like, like that's the crisis? Is yeah, that they're like, merging? <laughs> crisis on infinite business fronts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't believe I, that at all. <laughs> like, 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 Flash goes in there to negotiate the merger and, like, never comes out. And then, like, Flash is missing in, in financial crisis. Corporate espionage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can play devil's devil's advocate here and I can, you know, I can see some of this kind of stuff. But to me personally, I don't think just because of, of what, you know, and, and granted, this could be Hollywood executives, TV executives, comic book executives just pulling the wool over our eyes. Yeah, it could be. I don't think we're going to have a Batman on yeah. uh, in, in the Flash Arrowverse. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, man, I, I agree with you. And uh, I, I did kind of hope that you'd, you'd be able to, to argue the other point, because I know there's a lot of fans out there that really want Batman to be in this universe. Well, well but, hold on. Here, here's my argument for that. My argument for that is if we do see a Batman in this universe, it will not be Bruce Wayne. Mm. It's going to be a Thomas Wayne. It's going to be something, uh, something related to the flash. And, and the only thing I can think of that's, that's, you know, where Batman is not Bruce Wayne and it's flash specific is, would uh, be flash flash point. Point. Yeah. Look, I, I think that would be, that would be a bold move. I don't think audiences like, you know, your average, like you and I would love that. And I think probably a good portion of the people that listen to this podcast would, you know, totally geek out with something like that. But I think the vast majority would be really confused if Batman was not Bruce Wayne. Um, that said, that said, Bell, I do think that ultimately it really does come to that that second, you know, that second theory that apparently we both subscribe to, which is just because Wayne exists in this universe doesn't mean that Batman exists in this universe. And honestly, I don't want Batman to exist in this universe. I mean, as I mentioned kind of at the top of the show, without a Batman, without a Superman, it really elevates the level of Arrow and Flash in this universe to be the world's finest team. 
And so as much as I do love the characters of Batman and Superman, I'm getting them all over the place. I got, you know, the, the cool prequel like over at Gotham that's surprisingly good. I've got the uh, the Batman and Superman or Batman versus Superman movie that's coming out. I'm getting that, you know, I'm getting my fill there. And so this is an opportunity to take a look at two characters and really put them in a unique place in their careers. And so it's cool to see Wayne. And I, I like the idea that, that the Waynes even exist in this universe. And I like the idea of, of even maybe the Kents existing in this universe, but I don't want Superman and I don't want Batman in this space. I, I know that that's not everybody who feels that way. I mean, I'm, I'm aware I've seen your comments on Facebook and on Twitter. I know that a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people want to see Batman and, uh, and Superman in the arrow flash universe. I'm not one of those people. And uh, from the sounds of it, Bell, I've, I've made you a, uh, a believer there as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just from our discussions that we, we, we've talked about this, you know, on numerous episodes of both Panel to Screen and Flash TV talk about right. how Batman on TV just isn't going to happen. And you, you've, you've bludgeoned me. It <laughs> <laughs> was, that was <laughs> never my intention. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, I'll have to side with you on this one. Although I, I still, the Thomas Wayne fringe theory I'm I'm gonna throw that out there and I'll 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 sign I'll put my John Hancock on that. I'll sign off on that one saying that if they're gonna do it, that's what it's gonna be. It's good good stuff, man. Well let's go ahead. We'll jump into the news spoilers. Well not spoilers. We'll jump into some of the news, non spoilery news, or at least as non spoilery as you can get. News flash. All right. So now that we are here and that the uh, the series is ongoing as we speak. Um, we've got a little bit of a different format. In new in News Flash, we're going to talk about uh, news announcements and some light rumors, but not full on, you know, confirmed spoilers. Uh, if you're looking for spoilers, don't worry. At the end of the show, we're going to take a look at spoilers for the upcoming episode. Uh, so we'll we'll have that as well. Uh, man, earlier today, this is kind of spoilery, I suppose. After saying all that. Uh, there was a tweet that went out from uh, Dan- Danielle Pennebaker where it shows an image of what appears to be uh, the reverse flash. Really? Now, this is uh, this is clearly some uh, some marketing work. It was intended, I think, just kind of internally. Some people are saying this was meant to be an official release, but it doesn't look clean enough to look uh, at li- like an official tease. And what we see here is Barry running and he's kind of the primary, um, you know, primary focal point of the image. And right next to him, we do see what appears to be the reverse Flash running. Um, right off the bat, loving the costume. It's like the Flashes, but different. It almost has kind of a Wolverine look to it in the way that the Yeah, uh, the, the yellow one, and black. Yeah, runs up the side. Um, and so people are asking the question, man, does that look like Harrison Wells in the suit? Uh, you know, I can't really. I can't tell either. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the suit though. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I, I think that um, I, I, I just don't. There's, there's not, not enough in that image to kind of confirm or deny one way or the other. Uh, you know our thoughts, but, uh, but it's a cool looking suit. I think that, that more than anything is kind of the news there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of a cool looking suit, Jeff Johns did officially insta slam a picture of Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold sporting the drum roll, please. Captain Cold's parka. Nice, but what is an Insta Slam? Inst- it, I mean, it's Instagram. Okay, okay. I didn't know if that was like. For some reason, I read Insta Slam, and when you said it, it made me think of like some sort of like like uh like rap battle or like this war. But <laughs> it's like I'm an Insta Slam. Like he's like, oh, this, you know, and he like shows a, a picture of a parka, and I'm like, but people want to see. Like I want to see Captain Cold with yeah. his parka. How is that a slam on somebody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, that was uh, that's just me. Uh, me trying to be cool, you know, hipping with it. You know, yeah, I see. As I the see. kids are these days, I don't, I don't know. Sweet. 
Yeah, it's a cool looking image, man. I'm I'm I was excited for the casting of Wentworth Miller and what I've seen thus far is epic. His cold gun, we get a better image of that too, and in, in the uh, Instagram Insta slams that we got from uh, Jeff Johns. I'm gonna keep it, man. I'm gonna keep going with the Insta slam. Do it. I'm I'm all about it. I'm trying to find the uh, the actual Insta slam on the internets. I, I posted one of them to our Facebook account and also to uh, Twitter as well. Cool. Uh, one way or the other, it looks like uh, looks like they're gonna have fun fun with the show overall. In fact, I, I even saw I want to say it was uh, Kreisberg. It may have been Berlinti, but one of the two tweeted out uh, yesterday when the when the pilot launched, asking the question, you know, did you get a chance to sit down and watch it with either your parents or your kids? Because they want to make it a show that you know families can kind of sit down and watch together. And man, that makes me happy. And you know, we've talked before about the fact that we live in a very Nolanized superhero uh, landscape. And in that world, what what a great what a great opportunity to create a, a heroic show that you can appreciate without it having to go so dark. You know, Arrow, especially the first season, probably isn't something you want to sit down and watch with your kids. There is nothing in that episode that I would not be, you know, I don't have any children, but like I I, I would have nothing wrong with watching that with my nieces and nephews. Yeah, older kids. In all fairness, the, the, I'm not going to show the two year old a picture of the dead mom, but. <laughs> for the most well, part yeah but i mean like two-year-olds that's come oh, on yeah i'm not showing on. the two-year-old any tv this is accurate yeah let, yeah let's be real yeah but yeah like the, the you know but that's the thing that's crazy about it is it's something that i wouldn't be you know i wouldn't have to flip if my you know nephews or nieces came into the room i'd be i'd be i'd want them to watch it and be like this is you know this is good right TV. yeah i know right that's awesome that's yeah the, the fact that i can enjoy something with nieces and nephews that's not like a cartoon or a Disney animated movie or something like that is awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Hey, we mentioned it at the top of the show and we have got a really, really awesome giveaway. This last past weekend, we were in Austin. We got to hang out with uh, weather wizard himself, Chad Rook. He was so kind to us before we actually went. Um, there was a image that was uh, posted by the CW of a, a comic book sheet showing that first initial confrontation between the Flash and Weather Wizard when the the car flips over, and we just thought it was so cool. We went to uh, went to the the local uh, print shop. We got really really high quality paper, printed off some really really high quality images, and brought them to Chad, who was so kind enough to sign them for you guys. We've got not one, not two, but three of these to give away. I'm talking really really awesome quality artwork signed by Weather Wizard himself, Chad Rook. And here's all you need to do to get these. We have been so honored from you guys. Like right now on iTunes, we we are the number one Flash fan podcast for the for the CW's Flash, and that's that means so much to us. And we really want to say thank you with this giveaway. So what we're going to do is every single week for the next three weeks, we're going to be giving away one of these to someone who has reviewed us on iTunes. Now, if you have already reviewed us, uh, all you have to do is tweet us at Flash TV Talk, or you can send us a message on Facebook letting us know what your iTunes account name is. That way we will be able to kind of attach it to you and, and be sure that you get one. Now, if you have not yet written us a review, now is the time to do so. Uh, if you get your review in before we record next week, which will probably be either Wednesday or Thursday, um, then we will be pulling from those names to give you one of these autographed images from Chad Rook. Basically, again, all you have to do is write us a review and send us a message letting us know what your iTunes handle is. Yeah, not not too, not too bad. These are excellent, and 
the more I keep looking at them, the more I might want to just, you know, frame them and put them on my wall. So you guys well, write these reviews and win them. <laughs> in, in all fairness, I mean, you know, he, he did hook us up too. Did you, yeah. uh, did you read the message that he wrote on there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, go take over the world. I thought that was great. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. Dude, Chad, we know you're listening, brother. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Hey guys, this is Chad Rook and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts? Your comments. Listener feedback. All right, so this feedback, uh, we got a great little write-up from Wu Kim, who's part of our Flash uh, TV Talk family here. Uh, helps us with all of our show notes and keeps us honest with the news. He writes, actually, do you uh, can you write, read that for me? Yeah. I just finished watching the Flash pilot on my TiVo, and I must say it might be the best superhero pilot I've ever seen. Grant Gustin did a phenomenal job as Barry Allen, uh, and Barry Allen is a character who may be DC's equivalent of Steve Rogers, a guy who wants to do well no matter what because he feels it's the correct thing to do. I will not go into all the characters and story because the guys can and will do a much better job than I can uh, in one message, but I will say one of the things did really uh, one of the things did really well was to establish all the characters and what they mean to the series. In my view, the pilot had no really weak points except for maybe a mad villain, but overall really good and in some ways better than Arrow and Gotham, which I both loved. Rating five out of five. Thanks, right. we we really appreciate that. That's some uh, some good feedback there. I have to disagree with you on the villain though. I thought uh, Weather Wizard was pretty awesome, but uh, <laughs> that's just me, and maybe I'm biased. I don't know. We also put out some uh, messages, you know, asked on Twitter real quick before we went live, asking for, you know, your thoughts and your feedback. Uh, we got from at Noah Clipper one wrote best show on Tuesday nights. This premiere was awesome for the flash. And we also have one from at big white ball, uh, briskly swept us into Barry's life and thrilled us as he realized what he could do an absolute triumph. And from at Kelly Lynch, not a reader of comics, but I love superheroes. I really like the premiere and the tie in with arrow. You know, it was so great to, I mean, on premiere night, we were live tweeting. We uh, asked you guys to hashtag Flash TV Talk while you were watching it. When we saw them come through, we were trying to kind of pick out the ones that we enjoyed the most and, and retweet those and, and really enjoyed seeing your feedback live. So if you are in kind of the central uh, standard time, that's kind of when we do our live tweeting. And if you're not, then you probably want to steer clear from our uh, Twitter account during that time because we <laughs> spoil things big time. Yeah. So we love getting all that wonderful feedback on Twitter. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Also, be sure to check out our parent show, Panel to Screen, where, th where this week we're doing a comic book superhero TV roundup. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun with that. Of course, we want to give special thanks to our Flash TV Talk family. Talking about Mike H. Schmidt, who provides our outro music, and Wu Kim, who helps prepare our show notes. Could not do it without these guys. Be sure to check out SoundCloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt for more of his rockin' tunes. And hey, stick around after the outro music for spoilers on next week's episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. All right, man. Episode two, Fastest Man Alive, stories by uh, Greg Berlinti and Andrew Kreisberg, uh, directed again by David Nutter. 
Uh, a couple of spoilers about this one. Of course, it will be guest starring William Sadler, who pr- portrays Simon Stagg. Now, Simon Stagg, we've talked about in season zero, but he is uh, connected with, uh, typically connected with the comic book superhero Metamorpho. Now, yeah. Stagg is, you know, he, he's kind of the, the villain there uh, to Metamorpho. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what groundwork is being laid. Uh, we do know that there is a great questioning scene between Iris and Barry. Um, so that it's interesting to see the way that, you know, he's going to have to kind of set up, you know, who the flash is and, and what's going on with that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm really interested in this little last little tidbit that we have in here. The villain in this episode has a quote mist like quality. Yeah. You know, I saw a picture or when, when we did get that uh, little preview at the end of the episode this week, I noticed that, and actually I thought that was, you know, maybe we were going to get Weather Wizard next week, but I, I do think this is going to be probably a new villain, yeah? Uh-uh. I- yeah, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it was a storm that, so the energy field caused a storm, which the lightning struck Barry. The storm itself gave Weather Wizard their power. It's probably likely that some other people might have gotten some weather-ish style powers due yeah, to the energy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, due to the energy of creating turbulence in the atmosphere and things like that. Well, and this is going to be different, too. It's not going to be, you know, Martin could control the weather, but this person looks like he actually turns into... Oh, okay. Like cloud or mist or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see. Mist man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, so that's pretty much the spoilers for this week. Well, for more Flashtastic Awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Copyright Matt SC. A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a Swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.